Welcome again to Back to the Future Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie Back to the Future Part 2, one minute at a time. I'm Nick Jimenez in the news. I'm Scott Corelli. And I'm Tony Thaxton. Welcome back, Tony. Thank you. And today, on this very special Thursday, we are going back to Minute 9, which starts with a uh, coked out... <laughs> just, <laughs> just wandering uh, a younger McFly, uh, McFly Junior, uh, kind of ha- like <laughs> I don't just stumbling around like a like a cartoon hobo from the twenties, and um, <laughs> ends with uh, Doc and Marty just kind of wantonly shoving Elizabeth Shue's body in between like some foam and laser disc boxes. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a big, this is a big minute guys. Yeah. So we learn. So right off the bat, let's, let's talk about this. Cause I, I want to, I want to save all of the, the future clothing talk, um, for, for a little bit. Okay. Well, never mind. This isn't a big minute. No, 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 no. I want to talk about it in this minute, but I just mean later in this. Oh, okay. I want to, I want to start with what is my biggest issue with the back to the future sequels. Sequels. Um, Both of them. Yes. Yes. Uh, And that is that they make they they cast the actors in different roles and just made them play this other role, too. They nutty professors them, basically, like the doubling thing. It 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 drives me up a wall like I've always hated that trope. I hate it when you watch like sci-fi or fantasy or supernatural shows where they're like oh this person from here here's the your ancestor from the past and they look exactly like you and it's just like it's not how genealogy works like it just doesn't i it just drives me it drives me crazy and i know that it's like a money saving thing but it's just it, it it drives me nuts that not only is Michael J. Fox playing his son, but that the entire plot hinges on the fact that he's playing his son. Oh, that he he's the spitting image of his son, to quote to quote Doc. Right. Um, so I so I have a question. Yeah. Okay. You 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 are an executive at Paramount in 1988, right? Okay. And uh, Zemeckis is like, you know, like pitching. you. All right. So we're doing this. And uh, <laughs> yeah, oh, they're all going to be it's the same. Mike's going to be his son. And you're like, hold on. I don't like that. That's stupid. We should get a different actor. And he's like, oh, well, who would you who would you get, Scott, president of Hollywood? Who would you cast? Oh, uh, I would cast. Um uh uh oh man he's, he dropped out of my brain uh from mask what's his name eric Stoltz? Stoltz? Marty. <laughs> yeah eric Stoltz. yeah you don't think that's too meta no because he wasn't in the last movie and he's playing a different role so what does it matter i mean that's cool that, that's really fun that would be like if they got shailene woodley to play uh mary jane watson in the new spider-man <laughs> right i don't know i i yeah i would eric's- just get eric Stoltz to play marty jr That'd be really funny for like for Marty's son to be like really broody and serious. Yeah. I mh. mean, because that, cause that's generally my issue with the sequels is that they are a little too cartoony, like way more cartoony than the first movie is. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Um, you know, and it's a thing where it's like I could have gotten over the fact that he's playing Marty Jr., but the fact that he plays Marlene later is that's just like it's just a straw too far. Like it's just it's it goes into way too silly territory. I think to say nothing of uh, you know of of uh, Buford Mad Dog Tannen, who uh, we don't want to get too into, but right or or Griff or. <laughs> Or or the or the the Irish McFly immigrants, um, which is my that, favorite thing in the whole trilogy. Well, we'll get there, but it's all of this nutty professoring is super problematic. For oh, you know who would be a you know who would be a great uh, Marty McFly Jr. Nineteen eighty nine Ferris Bueller, I mean Matthew Broderick. Oh yeah. Yeah, but the problem with casting Matthew Broderick is Matthew Broderick would probably want a larger role than what Marty McFly Jr. is. Sure. I just like the um, idea think, of like the, Batman, the Batman v Superman of like late '80s dreamboats. I think you'd have better luck casting him as Seamus in Part Three than you would as Marty McFly Jr. Okay, maybe get Nathan Lane as young Marty as Marty McFly. <laughs> <laughs> Nathan Lane. <laughs> there he is. Uh, yeah. I don't know. What what do you guys think about the the actor doubling thing? I mean, Nick, you are an actor. So like, does that bother you as much as it bothers me or are you just like, "Hey, he's playing a role." I guess it kind of gets the job done because like immediately I guess like, you know, from the audience perspective, as soon as you see uh Marty Jr. like stumbling through the sidewalk, I guess the audience could I mean, cuz they never say it where it's like, "Oh, I guess that's his Son, unless this is like a world of tomorrow situation where like that's just like his weird consciousness clone, you know. <laughs> um, sorry for that for that weird reference. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's a cool. I can I can see why they did it. I guess because it's a cool opportunity to kind of show Michael J. Fox like doing different things, you know, and not just being like Marty McFly. Right. But it does kind of like constrict the world a little bit. Right. Where Which is that's that's generally my problem with it. Yeah. Like, how cool would it have been if they did if they were able to get Crispin Glover back and then Crispin Glover played Marty Jr. Oh, it's like every other every other generation. Yeah. It just like alternates. And that's kind of real that's kind of true to life because I don't share that many similarities to my dad, but I do to my like if you look at photos of my grandfather, like people are always like, Oh, you look just like your grandfather. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. Where things what do like, you like, think, Tony? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It. I don't. I definitely don't love it. It doesn't like drive me crazy. Such a, like, it doesn't bother me as much as it bothers you. But I, it's, um, yeah. Like, like, take. I, they do take it a little too far. I feel like maybe if he only played the son, and maybe if they made him a little, maybe do something to him to make him look a little, a little more different. Yeah, um, and then yeah, put him the, in a the, wig or something. Yeah, the and the 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 daughter, the, the daughter's a little too far, and then yeah, then as you said, the the Irish immigrants in the next one, it's like, all right, come on, I get it. <laughs> well, at that point, it's almost like a joke. Yeah, yeah, right. Which is which is my problem is like it does it feels like a joke we're not in on, you know? Yeah, it gets it gets a little too like it feels like something that would happen like in an Adam McKay movie. You know, right. where like like you know, Ron Burgundy travels back in time and like to meet like Viking Ron Burgundy. You know, right? <laughs> Which would be amazing. That should be Anchorman three. 
so so I, I have I have a suggestion that I think everybody everybody will enjoy. You 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 compared uh, this kind of situation to the Eddie Murphy classic Nutty Professor. <laughs> yes. So what if Marty McFly Jr. was played by Michael J. Fox, but he was wearing uh, a fat suit? I I feel like that would be just as silly as the Marlene thing. And he also, and then he also plays like a like a, a sassy grandma. Yeah. <laughs> then we're talking. Yeah, that's what <laughs> I want. Yeah. <laughs> what was that? What was that? Jack Black. What was that? The movie that he was doing in Tropic Thunder, like the farts or like what was it? Were they? I don't know. I don't. Okay. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah. It's been a while. I know it was a Nutty Professor riff, but yeah. I don't know. It just it it it's always really bothered me that yeah. they did this, did it this way. Mm-hmm. Um and I mean I guess it was that I know part of it was that Michael J. Fox felt like left out of the whole like prosthetics thing that everyone had to go through in the previous movie. <laughs> well, I want to sit for hours and have crap on my face and not be able to move or breathe. Right. Yeah, I think I read he was he would he was I think it took him six hours to get into the Marlene makeup. Um, it was worth it. I like, thought you were going to say to the Marty Jr. makeup. No, no. <laughs> it's like it's like the doc makeup all over again. No, no. Out. All they had to do for the for the Marty Jr. makeup is like what? Like grease down his hair and uh, make it so that it looked like he hasn't taken a shower and like. Put like, one of his arms not in his sleeves. Days. Yeah, he looks like he's wearing a straight jacket. Yeah, because <laughs> um, one of his sleeves isn't working, and then uh, and then give him those like ridiculously pure white buck teeth that he's got. Yeah, um, kind of. Uh, I mean, this is a deep cut, but did you guys ever speaking of Matthew Broderick? Did you guys see that that like late nineties Inspector Gadget movie? Yes, never, never actually saw it. Well, in yeah. that one, they they make the 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 make they the bad guys make an evil Inspector Gadget clone. Right. And the only difference is um, that the evil Inspector Gadget has like overly big white teeth. Right. Looks just like Marty Jr. Is that why you suggested Matthew Broderick? Was it because of that subconsciously? <laughs> no, I'm I'm just I'm just shrouded in destiny. <laughs> OK, fair enough. I give that a pass, though, because at least that's a, that, you know, intended to be a movie just for kids. Yeah. Right. And it's like it's and it's like a robot clone of a robot, you know, yes. right. or a yeah. cyborg. I guess technically Absolutely. Inspector Gadget would be a cyborg. <laughs> yes, technically a cyborg. I don't want I don't want to upset any in the Inspector Gadget fandom, Scott. <laughs> All those gadget heads out there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so go, go gadget fandom, right? Am I right? Go, go gadget yeah. fandom. <laughs> Uh, all right, so let's talk about fashion. Yeah, um, pretty much every everything. Pretty much the reason post like late registration Kanye West even exists is all because of this movie. <laughs> what? <laughs> like his whole aesthetic is kind of like you know you look at like the like the the Nikes that he puts on. Those are like a lot like the the Kanye West shoes. The, the, the yeah, those the, hold up pretty well. Easies. I mean, th- those are still fresh. Those are always going to be fresh. <laughs> yeah. I guess that's true. I mean, they made those, right? Aren't, aren't those really shoes that you can get now? Yeah, they did. I think it was a limited thing. I think. Yeah, they weren't power lace though, but now they have invented power lace shoes, but they don't look like that. So um, they've never 
they they've made they made when they were prototyping the power lace shoes they made them look like that so that they could have like michael j fox tried them on and it was a whole thing and yeah he like pressed down on the on the heel on the inside of uh of the shoe yeah. and they laced up um and uh and no and it was it's really good because like the power laces like he can't he can't tie his shoes so like yeah. the power laces like are like you know really cool he's like hey it's great yeah for michael j fox <laughs> um it's really great but uh yeah no the the they did the prototype like that but then they announced the power lace shoes for like pre-order or whatever, or the announcement of the pre-order, mm-hmm. whatever. I don't know shoe culture. I don't know how all well that works, but uh, but they announced it, and then they they the shoes just look like they just look like you know kind of basic Nikes. Yeah. Um. So. But yeah, like this this um you know Marty's look really inspired a lot of like fashion and like pop culture for a long time. Hmm. Yeah, I feel um, like Marty looks he's okay, but I feel like the all the clothes on other people, I feel like are trying a little too hard. Yeah, and like like I think I feel like well the cool thing and we we kind of talked about this last season, but it's I I really like Marty's 2015 outfit because it's almost like a remix of his like classic outfit. Yeah. yeah. Um Although although I will say this is having seen this movie I don't know how many times including like literally like a week ago. Mm-hmm. Um I this is the first time that I've noticed that Marty Jr is wearing a white t-shirt not a red one. <sighs> Doc you had one you had one job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my the god it's a white time. t-shirt. <laughs> Yeah, this is the, this is the first time I've ever noticed that they're they're actually not wearing the same outfit. Um, <laughs> That'd be funny if like Griff noticed, like, "Hey, you were supposed to be wearing a white T-shirt." Yeah. <laughs> Do I wear wasn't a that, mug? Wasn't that T-shirt white? Like, t- um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I really I really admire that uh, when he first when he first puts on the jacket, it's like regular person size, and it has to become Michael J. Fox size. <laughs> yeah. I do like that. Um, yeah, the auto adjusting, auto drying jacket. We don't know what's auto drying yet, but sure. See, auto drying. What what the hell is? What the hell is the point of a jacket that when you put it on looks like you're wearing your dad's business suit, and then you have to like tug a thing just to make it kind of fit right? So they only have to make one kind. Ah, uh, okay. Well, screw me. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> Yeah, they only have to make one kind. There's no sizes. Um, Um, Pants inside out, very important. Yeah, apparently uh, Chris Cross is it. Was it Chris Cross who did that? No, they wore their pants backwards. Who who did the inside out thing? Somebody did that in the '90s, right? Because I was thinking Chris Cross too, but yeah, I think you are right. I think it was backwards. Yeah, I like it because it makes sense. Because in 2015, no one carries cash. Well, no, that's not true. Yeah, he gives him fifty bucks, doesn't he? Yeah, coming up. Yeah, we're gonna we're we'll find that out. Uh, oh, that's true. Well, no, well, no one puts money in their front pockets. So. Yeah. Um. Well. Uh. Yeah. So what's interesting about the the jacket uh, that I found I found is like one. I I really like the look of it. Mm-hmm. Just in general, like it kind of looks like a bomber jacket a little bit. 
like a like a futuristic bomber jacket. So I'm kind of into that. I think that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, but I also I found out that a self drying jacket was actually crowned crowdfunded last year. So that actually exists, which is fascinating. Yeah. Like how like how many exist? I don't know. They it was a it was crowd it was crowdfunded last year, so I imagine, you know, enough to get that off the ground, which <laughs> the, the crowdfund was for one jacket. Probably. Yeah. If it doesn't actually go, your jacket is now dry, I am not interested. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well Can you imagine I, like okay, you you're going to a movie in twenty fifteen, right? And like uh-huh. it's it's raining outside and then just right as the movie starts, you just hear a chorus of like your jacket, your jacket is now dry, your jacket is now your jacket is now dry. <laughs> Please silence your jackets. Please silence all jackets. <laughs> there's gotta be a silent setting. Yeah. I hope there's a vibrate. <laughs> vibrate. Your jacket is now vibrating. <laughs> it says that out loud. <laughs> Who's the asshole? <laughs> Just for the rest of the movie, just are like, who's got the ironic jacket? Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, but yeah, I do. I like the jacket. I think the jacket. You know, I mean, we were talking about the shoes holding up, but I think the jacket holds up. Like, I, I, I wouldn't look twice at somebody wearing that walking down the street. I wouldn't look. I mean, I'm, I'm really digging his like Tyler the Creator baseball cap. Yeah, the color shifting. Uh, the the color shifting hat, um, mm-hmm. lenticular. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It it is a very cool, understated look, as opposed to everyone else in the future. Mm-hmm. Especially Griff. <laughs> yeah, especially Griff. Well, especially Griff's lackeys. Like they're even worse. Oh yeah, true. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, it kind of fits <laughs> though because like in the fifties they all dressed like. Like, you know, like knuckleheads, you know, with the 3D glasses and like the slick back hair. And like, you know, you could argue that we'll get to them when we get to them. But like maybe, you know, Griff's lackeys are kind of like the, you know, like the equivalent of like if you picked up an Esquire GQ magazine in 2015, it would be like, hey, don't do this. Mm -hmm. That's true. They could not they could be dressing poorly. But Marty McFly always has to be the coolest dressed person in any Back to the Future movie. Yeah. That jacket's cool. The sleeve, the sleeves could uh, use a little work. They fit the fit. The sleeve fitting is a little weird, even when it when it shrinks to the size. Other than that, I'm I'm with you. It's kind of yeah, it, it, well, it's, it's a choice. That, it's got, you know, it's got that poofy sleeve like like bomber jacket thing, you know, uh-huh. or like like a baseball jacket, you know. Yeah. Um. So I have, I have a question. So so Motion City soundtrack has always been. As a band, like, you know, they kind of wore their references on their sleeves, you know, like mm-hmm. the lyrics are really coolly filled with like, you know, like Veronica Mars references and like Legend of Zelda references. Are there any like, you know, because uh, uh, Back to the Future has influenced a lot of musicians. I mean, there's like generations of kids that picked up a, a guitar because of Marty McFly. Has um has Back to the Future like been a touchstone for like the band, like are like creatively or like artistically at all? Um, I mean, I know everybody likes it. Uh, I can't think off the top of my head if there's ever any actual references although i do remember uh there was at least one tour that we that was our the the uh theme song was our our intro music oh nice 
So we did that at least. But I, yeah, I don't think there's any references in the songs though. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was the tour that I saw you guys like three days in a row um, was that tour because I remember just being like, I was, I remember the first time you guys did it, I was like, ah, cool. And then you guys did it again. I was like, oh, that again. And then the third time I was like, I bet they do Back to the Future again. I was like, oh, they do. And that's how I learned how bands on tours work. They just, it's, <laughs> right. it's, it's a show. It's like, yeah. How do you think deadheads feel? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. You guys should uh, try to cover some Huey Lewis in the news. <laughs> I would be all about it. I've I've spoken on many things saying that I have no shame in admitting that I non-ironically love Huey Lewis in the news. Of course, man. The heart, the heart of rock and roll is still beating. In Cleveland. Detroit. <laughs> when I was a kid, I thought that Huey Lewis in the news did the DuckTales theme song. <laughs> all right <laughs> that's that's uh that's kind of weird kinda, that guy's the guy's voice just always kind of sounded like huey lewis to me <laughs> i uh i i you know speaking of huey lewis you know huey lewis in the news being sort of like the the sponsor like the official sponsor of the first back to the future movie the official like music sponsor yeah um and then zz top is the official <laughs> music sponsor of part three god talk I about a downgrade that- I nope. find it interesting that there is no musical sponsor of part two. Yeah, it'd be kind of cool if they got like Devo or like Oingo Boingo to do like some, you know what I mean? Like kind of like futury kind of bands, you know? The fact that Flea is in it makes me wonder if it wasn't supposed to be Red Hot Chili Peppers. Were they, were they like, have they already broken out by 89? No, oh, they weren't. They, well, they were right. around, but I don't, I think they were still pretty underground at that point. Mm-hmm. How the hell did some records end out in this movie? Not... Then, <laughs> I've I've wondered that also. What yeah, if, like, as the car, as the DeLorean is lowering, you know how you can hear a song. You know how sometimes you can hear the stereo from outside. You could just kind of hear "Blood Sugar Baby Sex Magic." <laughs> I mean, I guess, I guess the problem would be that the movie takes place because the movie takes place in '85. Technically, yeah. you wouldn't be able to use. Uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers because they weren't around in 85. Someone should like go back and like have like that cheerleader song from last summer playing like over the speakers as he's exploring. (laughs) (laughs) I don't uh, I don't mean to burst your bubble, but I've heard it. I pulled it up while we're talking about it. Years active. Red Hot Chili Peppers started in 1983. Wow. Yeah. See, I thought Red Hot Chili Peppers were around by then. Because yeah, otherwise, it doesn't make any sense. Like, why is Flea in this movie? <laughs> Isn't <laughs> Flea also in the Big Lebowski? He is. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Ah, weird. And Anchorman. yeah, actually, yeah. By the time this movie came out, uh, they were their fourth record. Mother's Milk came out in '89, and that was their fourth record. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. See. So maybe maybe Red Hot Chili Peppers were going to be the sponsor of this movie, and then. <laughs> Um, something fell through at the last minute with their record label. I, I kind of miss when movies. I feel like a movie hasn't really had like a big soundtrack in a while. Like, like I feel like soundtracks used to be real like events. I yeah. feel like there was one that was just recently was like a big event. What? Oh, Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy. That was a big one. Yeah, but that but was like with, all like old songs though, wasn't it? Yeah, the but Fifty like, Shades. The Fifty Shades soundtrack had like "Love Me Like You Do," which like I think was nominated for an Oscar. Yeah. yeah, it's it's rare that there's like a like a 
completely original soundtrack. Yeah, like a My Heart Will Go On type situation, you know? Yeah, or like the Footloose soundtrack. Like the majority of the songs on that were like, they were for that movie and they were uh, hits also. Like there's a ton yeah. of hits on that record. Mm-hmm. I remember the Spider-Man 2 soundtrack got pretty big. Oh man, well it had that great Dashboard Confessional song. Yeah, that Vindicated song. That was really good. And then um, Spider-Man 3 had Snow Patrol. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, both of those are better than than the first Spider-Man, which what was that? Oh, yeah. Chad Kroger. Yeah. Chad Kroger. Canada's favorite son. (laughs) Uh, Nothing says nothing says Spider-Man like the voice of Nickelback. Um, Yeah. But yeah. So I I always I regret that this movie doesn't have like a breakout song, like because it made it really difficult because, you know, our our uh, song is you know, back in time at the, or in the, for us, like our, our theme song, our theme song like for podcast the podcast. Song. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I was looking for another song for the second one. And I was like, I mean, there's a lot of songs in this movie, but none of them, like none of them stand out as being, you know, the back to the future part two, yeah. which sucks song. because like, you know, when, you know, the music is such a part of the back to the future legacy, like you think about, like Johnny Be Good and Power of mm-hmm. Love and Back in Time, you know? Mm-hmm. That one but, Fleetwood Mac song that's playing while Marty's like taking a nap. Yeah. I don't know. All right. Well, uh, that's all I got for uh, for this minute. Yeah. Is there, is there, do you guys have anything else? No, I got nothing else. Nice. Right. Well, if you want to uh, visit us on the web, on the World Wide Web, back to the future minute.com, leave comments. Uh, let us know what you think about uh, which Spider-Man soundtrack is your favorite. Uh, email us, contact at backtothefutureminute.com. Uh, tweet us at BTTF Minute. We love hearing from you guys. Uh, we love sharing stuff at bttfminute.tumblr.com. We've gotten gifts. We've gotten Pacific Rim-inspired fan art. Uh, <laughs> we love that. We always love hearing more of that, seeing more of that. Uh, like us on Facebook, leave a review on iTunes, which really helps us out. And be sure to listen to our other podcast, The Doctor's Companion, where we talk about Doctor Who with Cassandra Fredrickson and our original audio comedy drama series, Geek by Night, which we're very proud of. Season one is in full swing, and all of that is available on our website, DuelingGenre.com. And uh, always shout out to uh, the OGs of the Minute Podcast family. Star Wars Minute as they watch uh, Jar Jar being single-handedly crippled the Trade Federation's army on a <laughs> Fantastic. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Bye. Bye.